Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this episode, we discuss the current state of the podcast, as well as the Oscars, the Doc's visit to an orchestral Prince tribute in Oregon. He also shares many Prince stories and memories. We also talk about Maite's upcoming book signing and Chris's upcoming trip to Paisley Park. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, welcome everyone to the Dr. Funk podcast, the help us, we're sick edition. So if our voices sound a little off, that's why. Thank you guys for subscribing to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, for letting your friends know when it drops, letting everyone know about the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. How are you feeling, Chris? Because I know how I'm feeling. <laughs> I think I'm feeling a little bit better than you. I, I kind of already went through the worst of it, so I'm on the mend, but I know you're not feeling too good. So props to you for, for going through and, and keeping this train rolling. Yeah, I know I uh, didn't follow Chris's orders that we should take tonight off, but I felt, um, you know, it seems like it's been a while since we haven't been on because we dropped a special Grammy episode the night of the Grammys, and then that week, I thought it would be good just because, you know, um, I don't know if you guys know Chris's schedule. It's a little bit hectic. He's got He's got a couple girls. He's also been traveling to Miami for work. And we've been having a lot of people that want to do interviews. And sometimes Chris only have one night to be available. So he's taking his extra time where he could just be having one night to chill. He's spending hours recording the show with me, setting up the show, editing it, putting little touches on it like those beginning segments that you hear that he records off the air. So I kind of want to take a little bit of a pressure off him. So after the Grammy week... Uh, we decided to just have that night be of training me to record and do stuff on my own so I can edit in later so I can have more guests on because we have like Ida that's overseas right now and her timing's a little bit different than us. Alisa's been wanting to get on forever. We got Shelby. We're hoping to have Maite on when her book comes out. We're going to get into that a lot later. But it's just, it's been a lot on Chris and He's been doing this pro bono for over a year. It's been about a year since we started doing this. We first put up the spreecast uh, that I used to do where I interviewed Bobby Z and a bunch of other people, but we would do it with a video camera and we do it live. So, and the whole point of doing this was, is to have like a Prince approved podcast again and have everything out and the podcast took off and he knew of it and unfortunately... April 21st happened and changed everything to where this became the voice of a lot of people from Dave Hampton to Scotty Baldwin to Adrian Crutchfield. We're going to have Marcus Anderson on soon. Marcus has been bugging me too. I know that, bro. Um, but I just want to really take the time to appreciate, to tell Chris how much he's appreciated and how much he's been needed around here for the past year. And it's been taking its toll on him. And I really, really appreciate the time and the money that he's put into it and now I'm taking over those things. We have a SoundCloud bill that's due for around $121. I'll be taking care of that. And we're hoping to get some newer microphones. Uh, Cause Chris bought what he could, but we know like the good microphones are like 400, $500 and 
that's also been another thing of why we haven't had guests on is when um, right now I'm at my place really not feeling well. I've been sick and I'll get into that in a minute. And Chris is at his place and he's been sick. And for some reason, when we've been recording, the sound quality hasn't been that great. So for me to be at a location and for Chris to be at a location and we're having sound issues and then we're going to bring another person on that we want to interview and we know you guys want on, we don't want there to be any sound issues. So we've been trying to work on stuff. And of course, you know, I figured, hey, Grammy week, we have the bonus episode. Let's have people catch up on the show. Let's do the training. Then we'll catch up next week. And then what happens is we both get sick. Chris gets sick. I'm in, I'm in Oregon seeing this amazing uh, Prince tribute thing with an orchestra. I would rather more orchestra than the singer. And we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, but then all of a sudden, like I'm sick. And then my foot, you know, me being the diabetic, my foot just starts hurting. Like I get up for a few numbers to record, send stuff to the Facebook fan page. And, I'm having trouble walking away from the event and it's embarrassing. Um, I'll be real. I've been on top of my diabetes for a while. I had quite a few deaths happen last year. Princess being one of the biggest. Um, I've been kind of eating my feelings. I have been watching my blood sugar but not have been on top of it. It went from a 5.5, which is pre-diabetes A1C, to in the sevens now. Um, I haven't been working out as much. I've been praying to drink water. Uh, Since this has been happening, I'm trying to show my intake of water, get my blood sugar down. It was at 256 when I started measuring. It's been around 142 this morning. I haven't ate. Uh, I haven't, excuse me, I haven't checked my blood sugar since... Uh, this morning, but 142 is better than 256. It's just below the good range. I'm going to be checking it before I eat tonight. But obviously, when you have a cold this magnitude, and Ann Powers, who's a journalist, she's had it for a couple weeks, and there's other people on her timeline saying like they've had it for three or four weeks. The person didn't have a voice for three weeks. Um, this cold is kicking everyone's ass. And when you have a when you when you have diabetes and it's under not under control the way it should be. And that's on me. Um, everything seems to be worse than it should be. Uh, and the last time my foot heard this bad was 2006, 2007, when I was breaking in new dress shoes at 3121 in Las Vegas. And I was having trouble walking after that on my right foot as well. Um, but it was for the dress shoes. This was just the foot is swollen right now. I can't really walk on it too much. So it's been that. And with me being sick, and I do not like being a person that's staying at home, I've been very, very, very frustrated. But um, I know Chris was really wanting us to not do the show tonight because he knows that I really wasn't feeling well earlier. We don't need to go into details, but I really wasn't feeling well earlier. But I just felt we can't go too long without giving you guys something. And... um. I'm feeling a little bit better, maybe not sounding that great. So I apologize to you guys, but I really just wanted us to get back on the feet. And this is something for me for not being able to walk around and uh, being kind of sick. I kind of need to do stuff like this because I don't want to sit around or lay around, you know? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, Jay, you sound way better than you look. I'll just say that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's like saying I have a voice. I have a face for a podcast. But I know what you mean right now. So, no, nah, but <laughs> you sound a lot better than uh, I thought you were going to sound. So that's good. Um, secondly, you know we love doing this podcast, and we started it out as you know out of the love for for the man, and unfortunately with the circumstances, it's been more of a tribute to him and to kind of keep everything going. But I think. Uh, I think I, I love what you do, and I love doing it. It's fun to do, and I think with you learning more of the technical part of it, you could really branch out and really be able to do everything that you want to do with all the guests and when you want to do it, you know, not be constricted to my strict time frames and all my craziness. So, Right, yeah. and like people like Sinbad want to do the show, and then we have new artists that want to do the show as well because – I'm going to be branching out more so than just the print stuff. But of course, I'll still be doing the prints. We are not going anywhere. Uh, Chris is always going to be here for when he can be able to do the interviews. The main thing is, is to give you guys the shows that you want and to make sure that we continue to get it by branching out and expanding our audience. It's going to help everything out. So if you guys understand that and appreciate it and we appreciate you. Yeah, and give them more of what they want, you know. And I think it'd be awesome for you to be able to do like a just a one-on-one interview, you know, with somebody, and yeah, it, you know, add that as a separate episode on a separate day of the week, you know, and be able to do maybe two, three, even four different episodes and have different themes, right? It'd be really cool. And there's, like I said, there's new bands that want to be into it, like you yeah. know, not not to brag. Because there's there's some Prince fans that are also Bruno Mars fans, but I was on Bruno hella early when he was playing like the Temple Bar, okay, like before he was freaking playing arenas, and then like seeing seeing at the Gibson Amphitheater, which isn't here anymore, but stuff like that, uh, it's just to be able to cover everything, and not only that, I'm also relaunching the website. We're having someone working on it now, um, just to make sure it's more stuff, just because. You know, we have a following here on the podcast. I obviously have a social media following, but sometimes for other things, like you have Entertainment Tonight, Variety, and other things that follow me, um, they kind of want to quote the website more than a tweet, especially when sometimes I'm getting press releases or whatnot exclusively that only have longer than 140 characters that you can fit on Twitter. So the whole <laughs> thing is to make everything better. You know, we're here... We understand the one-year anniversary is creeping up. We're seeing how other people are having the one-year anniversaries, like the Bay Area, of him being there this time last year and the last shows and people reacting. We know it's going to be a sad thing. We're all in this together. We don't know when it's going to be easier, but I know together it may be. And we're just going to be giving more of what you guys love, more of what you guys deserve and just trying to get it on a bigger platform. So let's dive right in. I was in Oregon last week for uh, a late Valentine's get-together. And I guess part, part of my gift was uh, being taken to uh, this orchestra thing with Prince by a very pretty girl. And uh, it was really cool. Like I really like having Prince's music with the orchestra but we were getting a lead singer throughout the thing and not just the orchestra by itself. 
and you had the guy um, who's the lead singer of the Purple Experience. So now he's doing this with the orchestra. Dr. Fink is now in the revolution. He's no longer in his band. Um, those things are going on and happening. It was really good. They opened up with Let's Go Crazy. But like I said, I'd rather have more of the orchestra. His storytelling, though, dude, it's like, stop. Because you being from Minneapolis, Minnesota by itself is cool. You have the crowd right there. But when you're talking about Cream and how uh, the album was played for Warner Brothers, Diamonds and Pearls, and that they went to Levi and said they need another hit. The problem with that is, is that Cream was one of the first songs that was written for the Diamonds and Pearls album. Actually, it was the third or fourth track, not just on the album. Uh, it was recorded back in late 90, early 91 in Sweden. So that's not true. Get Off was one of the last tracks played, but obviously was not the huge hit that Cream was. And it replaced Horny Pony, which was significantly different than what was sequenced with Cream on the original Diamonds and Pearls set. So, again, the thing you had right, the most, the most beautiful girl in the world story with Ricky P, that was legit. But you're from Minneapolis, dude. Like, you had one woman leave from our row, which I was surprised by, because she said she didn't believe you. Like, stop. Your vocals are great. Your playing is great. You're from Minneapolis alone. That gives you the points. Just chill with the storytelling. You can say F you. Who do you think you are? But I'm just saying that the performance was great. The crowd was really into you. People were just enjoying Prince's music. And you were providing that. So chill with the storytelling. Keep it on. And I have to recommend that when you see these orchestras around the nation and hopefully some places overseas... I would definitely recommend going. It is really, really fun. From the conductors, I would kind of like to see Question of You or some other things kind of put into it. Just that would be great with an orchestra. And there are recordings of the Question of You on orchestra CDs where there isn't a lead singer. And it is freaking amazing. That's all I got to say yeah. about that. Yeah, that was, uh, I remember there was a, a CD that came out it was it the 90s sometime in the 90s i think it was uh, it was all orchestra music and i remember that one track being phenomenal yeah the music of prince it was called yeah that's and right and it's still out there it's really good there's a couple more orchestra ones but prince even liked that one because for the soul train music awards in 1993 when he was given the lifetime achievement award then and came out in that dope green outfit and it's on the crowd is sh- they introduced him to the Dimes and Pearls that's on the orchestra version. And we know Prince is very particular. Uh, and the people that performed for the tribute, Stephanie Mills, Rosie Gaines, Patti LaBelle, you know those were all chosen by Prince, including Troy Bayer, who was wearing the Sexy MF outfit, which we didn't know at the time was going to be the Sexy MF outfit. So there we go. Man, And uh, did you watch the Oscars on Sunday? I did. I watched. Uh, I. It's funny. I started watching the end of it. <laughs> like right when it started getting good. Let me just say, Kimmel did a really good job. Uh, much better than I thought he was going to be. I thought the tour bus thing, bringing someone in, bring bringing people in, was amazing. 
And now we have this amazing story of a person that was in jail for 20 years for stealing a bottle of perfume, the guy from Chicago, and he was just let out last Thursday, and then they take the trip to L.A., they end up on this tour bus, he ends up meeting, getting kind of married by Denzel, his his woman's favorite actress, favorite actor, excuse me, that's the cold talking. Um, it's official, it's Denzel, I loved that line, that cracked me up. I mean, that was unplanned, and it went off incredibly well, getting Jennifer Aniston sunglasses, I just loved the guy. I went up to Mahershala Ali, and he took a photo. Like he's like, give, give me the Academy Award, and then give him his phone. Like take a photo of me with the Academy Award. It's hilarious. <laughs> and the girl getting hit in the head with the wave thing. All you missed was the sharks dancing on the side, and the wave would have been even more fun. Um, I like that Ali one. I like that Viola Davis one. I was kind of rooting for Octavia Spencer. But she's won it before. I just had a feeling it was Viola's time. It's kind of like how I feel about Emma Stone. I really like Emma Stone, but this was for Birdman. This was for them not giving a tour then. That's how I feel. Um, This is how I felt about Denzel not getting it for Malcolm X, not getting it for the hurricane, that they gave it to him for freaking training day. Training day. That's the Oscar for best actor that Denzel has not for fences, not for X, not for hurricane training blipping day. That's all I'm going to say is that's what the Oscars do is sometimes they do that. I feel that Octavia's thing was stronger, but whatever. And then of course I saw La La Land. I didn't like it because of the ending. We already, I live in freaking La La Land and when you already don't get the freaking happy ending because we don't get the happy ending here, it's really frustrating. Sometimes I want to go to movies to get my mind off the daily crap, you know. So I was rooting for Moonlight to win, although I haven't seen it yet. Not going to front. I do plan on it. I know that it's opening up in 1,500 extra theaters this weekend. And, of course, right now the number one movie right now is Get Out by Jordan Peele, and I really want to see that too. Um, I mean- but – it really, I don't know what was going on with Warren Beatty. Because if I was in that position, I would be like, uh, I got the wrong card. And apparently they changed the envelopes this year and you couldn't see the print as well. But he knew something was wrong. Like, does he not like Faye Dunaway that much that he just said, I'm throwing you underneath the bus here? Like, here you go. You read it. Like, yeah. wouldn't, you, wouldn't you have wouldn't you have said, uh, there's right. a problem here. There's a mistake. It says Emma Stone. I have a little bit of insight, not insight. I just, I read a few articles. So now I guess I'm an expert on the situation. (laughs) But um, apparently the um, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway were not getting along at all Uh, during during rehearsals. They wouldn't come out together. Um, So, and they were arguing over who was going to actually announce the best picture. They both wanted to do it. And then Warren Beatty finally actually just kind of like gave in and said, fine, you can do it. So I think he understood when you could see that he knew something was wrong, but it's almost like she wanted to make sure that she said it before he beat her to the punch. So she like blurts it out without even really caring. But I think he kind of knew that something was wrong and he knew he shouldn't say anything. He was all like people are thinking this is an old man moment. You know, yeah. so, so, so I'm surprised it hasn't happened before, to be honest. It happened 
in the 50s with a category that wasn't as big as this one. It happened to my boy, uh, just in another life, Sammy Davis Jr., to where he was given the wrong envelope and he was about to open it. And then someone ran, a producer ran, and said, it's the wrong envelope. And then Sammy goes, wrong envelope, huh? Wait till the NAACP hears about this. <laughs> and then Trying the crowd, to set up a brother. Yeah. And you're like, the crowd was like, into it. And Sammy's doing the little thing with his face. Loved it. And apparently it happened in 1933 as well. But it wasn't like big awards. But yeah. the envelopes used to be in yellow with red lettering. And it'd say best picture and best actress. This one now was in a red envelope with a yellow lettering on it. It was best actress in a movie. Just mean needs to keep it simple, stupid. Go back to the yellow right. envelopes, because then Warren would have turned around and said, "Oh, it says Best Actress." Um, I'm glad that Moonlight won. My just my problem is, and I think they're being really good sports about it. And then like, and for a lot of land as well, because I thought that they won. There were three people into giving their acceptance speeches. They're told they didn't win. Um. I kind of wish Moonlight would have had their moment, would have had the music played for them, would have had their, the lady talking, giving about all their accolades, how they want best adapted screenplay, best actor. And it just kind of frustrates me, you know, but again, Kimmel did a great job, made the show flow. It didn't feel like three and a half hours. I usually don't like watching them live, but I did. I mean, obviously I had nothing else to do. I had my foot up. I'm sick in bed, but it entertained me. Um, and then another thing before we get to the Prince stuff, uh, Big Bang Theory, uh, they're in their last season. I don't know if people know it, but they've been trying. They've been in negotiations to come back for another two seasons. But the show is only um, 22 minutes long. It's not even 24. It actually could clock in at 21 minutes because of how much money the cast is paid. They got to have more commercials than any other show on TV. Now, the past couple of years, Maya Bialik and the other girl whose name is escaping me right now, I believe, Rachel Dratch, they've been amazing on the show and a huge part. Without them, the show would have lost its legs a long time ago. So the cast members, the main cast members who make a million dollars per episode, they're going to take a cut, which is surprising because usually if you're going for a new contract, you're going to get more money. But they're going to be taking a cut around $900,000 a piece instead of getting the million dollars because Maya Bialik and Rachel Dratch's characters won't getting $200,000 per episode. They're going to get a bump over $450,000. Now, Maya Bialik is a veteran of the industry from Beaches, which I've never seen, to Blossom, which I would watch for Joey's woes. Um but I still feel $450,000 for the roles that they play on the show are heavily underpaid. But if they're cool with it and it keeps the show on for two more years, I'm all for it. Um, of course, that's something that's never kind of crossed paths with me, at least the Big Bang Theory world of being all comic world induced and loving comic book movies. They haven't really had like a Prince thing integrated into their episode. But I love that. You know, we have like three or four comics on Prince, right? Those are freaking great, by the way, too. I don't know yep. if you have them, Chris, but they're awesome. Okay. Yeah, I've got So, we got a lot of stuff coming up. We have April. We got Maite's book coming out. And can I just say, 
that's how my Oscar Sunday started out was terrible. Like I'm not feeling well trying to sleep. And I see the comments section of the Dr. Fungamary Facebook fan page blowing up. And then I see like this comment, someone trying to call me out saying that, how can I claim to be a friend of her when these comments are going on? That's the first comment I see. I see nothing else. And this person over the years, just, just one of those people that just loves to start shit. I don't know if they don't have enough going on in their own life. Maybe they do. I'm not trying to be critical of it. I'm sure I'll hear from them on it. But it's like she's friends with someone else that I know. It's kind of in the Prince community. But she's done this with other people. that kind of left a bad taste where people distance themselves. Um, but I just try to respond cordially. Like you're still at this stuff. I'm going to check with my Tanner people to see what they want me to do. Then she mm-hmm. tried to clap back. And I just clap back by saying... You don't really post on this page. You don't really share this page. You get information from it. I'm not going to deal with it. Like you can talk anything that you want. But when I'm trying to figure out a situation, and you're trying to come at me. Bye. So I just block them, which I rarely do with people unless they're asking for it. But. Apparently, like, just people are upset that Maite is coming out with a book. And we don't know what it entails yet. I will know that she's not going to speak ill will of him. We've covered this on our show extensively. Right. And I hit up Dave instead of Maite directly because I just felt that Maite's got a lot of other stuff going on. And I know that some of these things are hurtful to her and just aren't cool. You don't know the backstory of their relationship. There's so much that she could talk about and she's not going to go that route. So like, how do you feel about the book, man? Well, I know that she's got, um, she's got a lot to tell and she's got a story to tell. She's got an interesting perspective. One that I really am interested in because she hasn't said anything until now. So I'm, I think it's her right to get her side of the story out. And I think there's a ton of interest because I really personally, it was, you know, if you know her relationship, it was there was a lot of a lot of heartbreak, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'd really like to hear about just her side of the story. Dude, she never got over him. She no. never got over him. That was her first love. Like, you know, it's 16. You know, they met. Nothing happened. She's dancing with him at 18. That's like her first love. Like, could you imagine? Like, your first person you're ever with is Prince. Like... <laughs> of course she goes on the opposite spectrum and ends up with Tommy Lee for a little bit because that's somewhat opposite of it you know like it's polar opposites but she's living with Prince everything is taken care of they're married they have a kid they have multiple kids one doesn't make it to completion the other one passes away a week after it's born like just heartbreaking and a story that only she can tell look we got to stop saying we know what prince would want prince wouldn't want this when he was here he could speak for himself and he knew that he didn't want that stuff out he's not here with us anymore it's the new freaking normal i would wish that he was here but he's not and these are gonna be the first of many books coming out there's a rise and fall or the Rise of Prince by Alex Hahn. Before I was possessed, The Rise and Fall. But it's a new book. 
apparently like he mentions me in it or whatnot. I know I didn't speak with him regarding that book just because he wanted to kind of know like the details of Prince's last weekend and the questions he asked, I just didn't feel like talking about. And that's my prerogative. Just like it's my taste prerogative if she feels she wants to share this. Stop it. Stop it. Okay? Just let her be. If you don't want the book, don't buy it. Okay? I'm sure you pre-ordered your book, Chris. I have yep. mine pre-ordered. My girl take, took care of me. I really appreciate that because usually I'm worried about taking care of other people instead of myself with things like that. I'll, I'll, barring my foot... I'm hoping by then it'll be a freaking hell of a lot better. I plan on being there. I'll probably be hanging with Dave. Um, My Taste Crusaders, good job. We got the message. Um, But they, in the end, they asked me to leave the negative comments because there were so many positive comments that outweighed the negative. So the person that came at me, she was the one that was outraged. There was no one else. Sure, she brought someone else into the mix to have her back on stuff because that's how trolls are. But um, that's just it. Uh, but I just can't believe how much she's still getting slammed over this book. You know, it's just ridiculous to me. Now, there's been like a lot of articles lately, like one from uh, City Pages about spending Prince's money the way that he would want by giving to charities and whatnot. I think it's a good idea. But again... Got to take care of the estate first. It's going to be a while. And speaking of the estate and speaking of Paisley, um, they are, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit. They're going to stop having Paisley Park after dark on Friday nights. They're just going to have it on Saturday nights after April, whether it may be a DJ or maybe video showing. So they're eliminating that. You um, are going to be one of the lucky ones. You're actually going to Paisley Park this weekend, correct? Right. Yeah. Really excited. Finally going to make it back out there and going to do a regular tour, a VIP tour, and then both nights of the Paisley Park after dark. Luckily, being able to do a dance party uh, tomorrow night, which, well, we're recording this uh, a couple days before, but the Friday night and then the Saturday night, we don't know yet what it is, but... Uh, I'll be reporting next next episode, and uh, I'll let you know what we got to see. Hopefully, it's a concert film that I saw. You know, maybe Love Sexy L.A. You know, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm just putting know. it out in the universe. I just really liked that last week was the Act One tour, and uh, I didn't get to see it because I'm here in L.A. But damn, man, yeah. I know that isn't a lot of critics' favorite tours, but geez, like you had Prince doing "Choose Always in My Hair," um, like just amazing. And then the Max, then you had him doing "Everybody Get On Up," the Carmen song. I remember being at that show because it was my first ever show, the LA shows. Um, very fortunate. Each row, like I won, like. Tickets sold out so quick to that tour. Like when it hit LA, it was like all three nights were sold out within two minutes and there was talk of him adding more shows. Now, I want tickets. I'm not going to go into detail on it. But I want tickets to every 
show on different radio stations on the same day that tickets went on sale. No like, way. Oh, that's great. I was so stoked. Like I was calling number six on Power 106 when you heard Prince scream. Then caller 92 at 92.3 the beat. Uh, and I won $92, four tickets to Raging Waters, a year's supply of Perrier water, which I've yet to get. I'm not in the <laughs> bubbling water anyway. But the thing that was so amazing about these shows, to me, I was seventh row each night in the Gibson Amphitheater, which was the Universal Amphitheater then. You're eye level with the stage. So each night, I'm just a few seats over, but in the same section. And eye level with Prince, eye level with Tony M, Maite. And there was a lot going on. And I, like, I knew my stuff. The second show, though, Prince is doing Let's Get Satisfied. And it's not in the Uptown reviews or any other things. But he did a little bit of Let's Get Satisfied that night, early in the show. And I'm trying to figure out what song it is. Because I'm like, it's familiar. I have it. But it's not his. And then as soon as I remember Let's Get Satisfied, he's looking at me and looks at the band like, oh, he doesn't know it. And puts up his hand and they switch to another song. And I'm like, man, I feel bad. And I'm like, whatever, dude, I'm seeing Prince in concert. I'm in a good place right now. So to see, even though it was Detroit to see that tour would be amazing. There's someone on Facebook who posted photo, a uh, posted video from the LA shows. So I'm so thankful that it was five minute clip of my name is Prince with a, my name is Prince clip along with uh, things through the show. I did put it on the fan page. Saw that Tony M responded to it. Um, it's very interesting because the first show during My Name is Prince, he pulled out a poster of himself. One that I saw on the Paisley Five and Dime group that I'm a part of. Uh, and of course, I don't know why I don't get my Facebook notifications right, but someone snatched up the poster. I don't have it, but that's one of the things that he lit on fire night one of the LA shows. Now... Another thing that was frustrating about this was that I wasn't 21 yet, far from it. And Prince was doing after shows at the Glam Slam. And just, he was doing Race and Pheromone. They were so new at the time, he was doing it out of a purple notebook. And this was during the Rodney King civil trial. And everyone was on edge. And Purple Rain was just so amazing that night. Each night of that tour, each night in LA, we all like it brought us together. Like you just it was just so amazing at the end of it. He's like race is the space that I mark human cut me cut you we both bleed the same color red. But that was our first time hearing what would be the lyrics to race. Of course you we went to Glam Slam. Now, I will say this at the second show when Prince is like after show at the glam slam, I had this look on my face like, Oh man. And he goes, don't worry about your age. We'll get you in. The girl I was with didn't want to go. She said that she'd take me there, see if I can get it in. I'm like, I don't know anyone. I'm not going to go. Just sucked. Um, the third show. Now the first night, like I said, he burned a poster of himself. The third show, he came out, uh, while Kirk was getting the crowd hyped uh, for the encore. And um, he said, 
what if I told you my name isn't Prince anymore? What would you call me? Really? Mm-hmm. And then he went, you went, what? No, he's like playing with the crowd. And he goes, you can always call me. And then I went in a party, man. Oh, now, wow. Another thing about these shows, show number one, I don't know if he was playing it over the audio system because I kept seeing the curtain move a lot. I'd see a foot by the piano. Again, seventh row, having really good seats. He played Come, the original version. Not the version that's on the Come album. Not the version that's on the Beautiful Experience. But a very, very bass-heavy version. And it was awesome. And I'm just like, this is what you get at a print show. You get an unreleased song before the show. You have, there's people walking around with Maite and the garb uh, through the arena. They're passing out newspapers. Say three chains of gold on it. And, you know, about the prince after, you know, this princess. It was just an extension of the album. And that's what we got. And we enjoyed the tours that and tour so much so i hope that at paisley this weekend you have fun but you're also able to see a show that you want to see whether it's love sexy or another one that you were hopefully at or maybe even a show that you were even in attendance of would be quite amazing that's right or yay on stage there was a couple right (laughs) yes yes there was but we're not being greedy we're not being greedy Nah, and then excuse me guys Jesse Larson uh, who's performed with Prince who's performed with Judith Hill who's in the band MPLS who's performed at Paisley Park he is now on The Voice just like Tamar Davis was last year congratulations to Jesse he's on Team Adam I know somewhere Prince is giving a side eye to Alicia Keys for not turning around when Jesse was playing but uh I guess we're going to be Team Adam unless there's a few steals that go down. So congratulations to Jesse Larson. We'll be covering you when the website is back up. We'll be covering you as well, but definitely on social media and here on the podcast. Now, another cool thing that came out today, Chris, was an article from Roger Lynn, the inventor of the L1, LM1 drum machine, you know, oh, yeah. for when doves cry and basically Prince's sound. Uh, the Lynn drum and how he is the master of it. So guys look for that article. It's really, really amazing. The Lynn drum is something that just, it's the print sound from the eighties from Raven to the joy. Fantastic. He is as well. And he would go back to it for so many other recordings, but it's very in depth and just very interesting of the, how the creator, you know, of it feels about how Prince kind of, put that drum machine on the map yeah that that was one of the highlights of one of the celebrations where they actually had the lynn drum machine out there for you to play with and i was actually able to play with it and i was just i mean beside myself just unbelievable i kind of hope they do that again just like i kind of hope that i'm gonna be there (laughs) so Uh, so yeah i'm definitely gonna check that article out just putting it out there in the universe. Another thing is um, Roadcase Royale, which is Liv Warfield and uh, Nancy Wilson of Heart, correct? Yes. Along, along with uh, our boy Ryan Waters. So that should be interesting. 
And that's coming up. They're doing a, a show against Rock Against MS, which is honor of the late, great Richard Pryor. And that's Saturday, March 25th in L.A. Um, tickets are $60, bronze seats, 35 day of show, add another $10. Platinum package, $250. But uh, it's going to be their first show in L.A. I know they're going to be playing some other ones. And not only that, you got Judith, you got Liv, you got Shelby J., playing the Dakota Jazz Club on March 18th. So that's going to be pretty amazing. Two shows. And I don't know if you saw, man, but Jesse Johnson, during the celebration, he's doing two shows at Bunkers. Oh, yeah. That place is going to be a little too small for all that funk. And we don't know who's in his band. Right. Who's going to show up? You never know. Because the Jimmy Hendrix experience they did last year at First Avenue, you had Michael B, you had Sonny T, and Jesse. Jeez, man. That's a whole lot of funk right there. And another thing, speaking of Jesse Johnson, because he was part of the soundtrack, the Pretty in Pink movie came out 32 years ago this week. One of the most amazing soundtracks. Although some people would say it's the best soundtrack ever, and I'm like, uh, Purple Rain... And Batman and Howard, Howard Stern, Howard Stern would fight you to the death to say Batman is the best soundtrack of all time. Not Grease, not The Bodyguard, not Pretty in Pink, not Purple Rain, the Batman soundtrack by Prince. So slow your roll. (laughs) Slow your roll on that. Kind of like Beyonce had a slow roll on Coachella and drop out of it. And now it's going to be Lady Gaga. And her dropping out hasn't heard ticket sales, at least the reselling of it, because it was already sold out before she got in. Gaga is a perfect replacement for her. It's kind of been Gaga's year. It would be Beyonce's year if they would have freaking called her out during the Grammys. Uh, Adele kind of Kanye'd herself, but whatever. So, And Ed Sheeran's new album comes out this week. I'm a big Ed Sheeran fan. I know you guys don't think of Dr. Funkenberry first when you're thinking of Ed Sheeran, but I really like his stuff. I like the first song, Shape of You. I didn't like the second first song as much. Um, But the reason I appreciate Ed is kind of like what he did at the Grammys is something that we talked about. I would have loved to have seen Prince do be a whole one-man band by himself. And Ed can do that, so I'm impressed by it. He's not on the yeah. level of Prince, but these cats like Ed and Bruno, I really like, man. Yep. And Talent for days. And the queen, in my opinion of it, although her career is very young, but she's showing that she can do it all, whether it's act, whether it's sing, whether it's dance. Janelle Monet is on a whole nother level. And to me, she's my queen in that. So people can have their Beyonce I'm team Android all the way from my phone to Janelle, uh, <laughs> to her boy and the track Bambi, all that stuff, which isn't the same Bambi. Um, now, another thing that kind of got out this week was um, the members of Three Six Mafia were trying to get into the Prince Oscar party of 2006 and they won for Papa My Collar. I was there. They weren't there. And all because they had a run-in with Salma Hayek. They called her Selma. 
Not Salmita. Salma. It's Salma. It isn't. She's not on The Simpsons. Okay. So, kind of like Salma didn't like how much jewelry they were wearing. And said, like, how much that could go, how much money that can go to other countries to help benefit stuff. And they weren't really listening. They're like, whatever. So, Three Six Mafia with Oscars in hand roll up to the Prince Oscar after party. They're trying to get in. So, Prince's bodyguards go to talk to Prince. Prince is with Salma. And she's telling Prince, don't let them in, that they were rude. They're wearing all this all this jewelry and they could be giving it to other countries. So the reason you didn't get in was not only because Prince didn't want you in, but Salma Hayek told him not to let you in. Wow. <laughs> like, well, well, <laughs> Salma didn't have a problem him. with me. Salma <laughs> didn't have a problem with me. And I think it, if Salma told me to not do to not let someone into anywhere, I would have listened to her. Wouldn't you? Look, yes. Now, I remember <laughs> after 3121 hit number one on the charts, Prince did a special show at the Roosevelt. I got invited to. I'm walking in. Selma is walking out. Because these Roosevelt shows and these Hollywood elite shows were different than Prince shows. People had their cameras out and people were smoking. So... Here's Salma Hayek walking out and Jack Nicholson. I'm walking with Jack Nicholson. Not like me and Jack know each other. We're walking at the same time. And Salma is like saying bye, Jack. And Jack goes, Salma, baby. It's Prince. You got to love Prince. Why are you leaving? Jack, I love Prince. He's one of the greatest ever. But the smoke, it's killing my little lungs. Oh. Just to see that in front of me and just take it all in. It's just was so frustrating. Like, because Jack's a huge Prince fan. He's one of the reasons why Prince was involved in the Batman soundtrack. At the musicology shows, when we had better seats than Jack Nicholson had, Jack would come up with us with one of his friends during the show, be hanging out in the music club section to get closer and hanging in the aisles. And of course, no ushers at the Staples Center, the second place. You know, it may be the house that Jack built, but Jack had something to do with it too. So they were not telling Jack to do nothing, but Jack grooves the print shows. I last saw him about a couple years ago at a Gwen Stefani show, rocking out, and Jack is still Jack, man. He's like the person that everyone wants to meet. But yeah, you don't want to make Salma Hayek not happy. You better call Valentina. (laughs) Now, another thing that's going on there's like a textural tribute to Prince. They're like just the stuff like of um, quilts and other things that have been inspired by Prince. One that's called Fall in Love Tonight and so much more that's going to be on exhibit through March 9th through April 29, 2017 at the Joan, Joan, Joan Mondell Gallery opening. I believe that's in Minneapolis as well. Speaking of Minneapolis and the celebration, I'm trying to get confirmation on this 5K run to Paisley Park. Um, I'm not sure it's as official as they're making it sound. The metal looks cool and the other items they're selling look cool. And they said that they're giving money to Princess Cherry and they talked to one of his best friends. But from what I'm hearing, and I'm trying to get clarification and they're asking me not to promote it anymore. 
is that it's not with Paisley. And we don't know how much money is going to the charities that they're saying that Prince would be involved with. I really hope for some clarity in that. Um, and hopefully we'll have that next week. I asked for something to be brought up this week. We'll see what happens. It sounds like a really good cause. I know the fans want to get behind it, but that's what I'm hearing right now. It may not be as legit as they're making it sound, but hopefully we'll get some clarification in that and I'll let you guys know. But for the time being, they're asking me not to promote it. So. Interesting. And yeah. And then Max Martin, who's like a, a big time producer. He hasn't done an interview since 2001. Um, he's really big overseas, just produ- produced so many people, so many hits. And he kind of opened up about how important Prince was to his songwriting. Like, he, you know, when you'd hear songs from Prince, from DMSR to all that time period, 1999, Little Red Corvette, that it was a hit as soon as you heard it. And that's what he wanted was to write for other artists and himself, um, hits that he knew were hits immediately as soon as you heard it. Another interesting tidbit is that one of the houses in LA that Sinatra used to um, live at is where Max Martin has one of his homes. So Hmm. another Sinatra Prince weird connection as someone who um, likes them both for different reasons and he can't this guy who's a Sinatra fan and Prince fan cannot understand it. Cause I don't know any other people unless they're jazz musicians who like Sinatra the way I like Sinatra and Prince and <clears throat> the songwriters hall of fame is out. Jam and loose are part of it. Congratulations. Um, apparently a lot of people are upset that jam and loose are part of it, but Prince isn't part of it. So there's been a petition to get Prince into it, which has been, Sign is on the fan page as well. Well, It was posted twice because it said it didn't post the first time. Now, speaking of Hall of Fame, Prince's 1991 MTV Video Music Award performance. You know, with with the butt out. (laughs) Yeah. Now, apparently, and this is going on for years, but there's more clarification. That wasn't his ass. It was fabric. Right. That's crazy. You think it was his tan little booties. I, I think what? I think there was a little bit of it. And what's interesting is the person is like putting out there like she never met Prince and was just trying to get a skin tone right all the time without knowing what it looked like, never seeing his booty. So that's just interesting. But uh I wonder if Janelle Monet, when she did her Prince tribute at the BET Awards last year with the jeans. I kind of have a feeling that was a Rudy. <laughs> but um, just such crazy, interesting stories. Andy Allo, uh, March 9th at uh, Hotel Cafe. Right. Yeah. Coming up uh, in just about a week. 7.30 p.m. I'm hoping to be there. You're hoping to be there. Yep. And you got to be there at 7. You got to be there before 7.30. Because Andy is known to start on time and sometimes a song or two early. Oof. So you got to get there. Might have to leave work a little early that night. Right. And can I say how classy it was at the Oscars when Jennifer Aniston 
you know, they brought up Bill Paxton passing away that morning or later the night before, which really sucks. But I really appreciate that not only was Prince involved in the tribute, but they made a say like, we lost a lot of people over this past year from a prince who started a revolution to a princess of a galaxy far, far away. I thought that yeah. was really classy. Then some people are like, why are they using that clip of Prince? I'm like, uh, Purple Rain, Oscar winning, you know, so. Exactly. And it just a few very side notes. I really think it's kind of cool that Eddie Van Halen donated 75 of his own personal guitars to school's music programs. That's really, wow. really cool. And another mention of Janelle at the Oscars and her dress and how wonderful she looked with the short hair. And I know after Halle Berry saw Janelle with the short hair, she's all like, I should not be wearing this wig. <laughs> that turned into a thing, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Her poor hair. Oof. The poor rock. He had to yeah. sit behind it, right? Yeah. At one angle, it's just interesting because they show other angles, but he was directly behind her. When they're showing a side angle, you're not seeing as much, but yeah, he was definitely behind her. Yeah, I and cracked up. I saw your post about that. That was funny. It's just nuts. I mean, and here we are. We're a little in over two weeks of Prince's music streaming, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, he had almost, he had 30 of the top 50 spots on Spotify. Ridiculous. And it's not just the hits. People are finding why you want to treat me so bad and a few other gems until we get kind of like the stuff after 1995, which could be a little bit of a while. Um, Just, just amazing is all I can say. And apparently Lionel Richie uh, had to postpone his tour with Mariah Carey, not to poor ticket sales, Although I hear that could be a little bit of the case, but he also had to have like knee surgery that isn't fully recovered yet. Oh so, no. Won't get better. Yeah, totally. Um, there is a list. Unfortunately, I can't find it now of the DJs that are DJing for Paisley for the month of March. I believe it's a different DJ this weekend than you're used to you, Chris. Yeah. The next weekend. Uh, is- DJ Diesel uh, is going to be this week. Then next week, it's DJ Linka Paris, then right. DJ to the Max, Michael Holtz. I can't remember the last one, if it's Fundraiser, but we'll get into that. We cannot wait, Chris, for uh, you to take the tour, to tell us how everything is, what you experienced. I'm sure if you can, you'll try to fit in a trip to Bunkers. Um, but it's going to be really cool, and I'm hoping to be there in April to be part of it, to interview the performers give you guys a backstage, whatever. I just want, I want to help out <laughs> whether it's holding someone's guitar or whatnot, but um, we'll get to it. But I'm really want to see what you think of this weekend and everything that's going on, man. So we'll do. We'll do. Th- thank you guys so much for hearing my voice struggle and tuning in and downloading and letting people know about the shows again. Um, should be back on track. My voice should be getting stronger. Hopefully we're getting more shows. Like I said, taking over the recording of Chris we kind of ran into an air tonight. We're going to see how that goes. And, uh, you know, just appreciate Chris and everything he's done. The money that he's put into it. I'm going to have man. to take on that challenge 
Uh, we always appreciate your donations. It'll kind of be going to, um, for other stuff that we need right now to keep it going and figure out why a program isn't working correctly with our system. <laughs> but um, we want the sound to be better. We want the stories to be better. We want the guests to be better because you guys deserve it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been over a year since we've been doing it. Of course, the first real live show uh, is coming up. Um, thank you guys for subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher. I enjoy reading your comments on Twitter and Facebook, all of it. Thank you again for breathing with us and we're all in this together. Much love, y'all. Keep it funky until next time. Show me what you got. 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 Show me what you got.